This pandemic has again reminded us that life is extremely fragile. Even if something as small as a virus can turn our world inside, upside down and threaten our lives. And so, many people have been talking about PPE, personal protective equipment. These are the masks, the gowns, the gloves, the face shields that our nurseries, doctors and care home workers need to protect themselves as they look after those who are ill. These, our, our frontline workers, have been crying out for more of this. Politicians have been criticised for the lack of it. Businesses, individuals, even school children have been making this. Even read recently that U2's Bono had made some phone calls and gave a, gave a large donation in order to purchase a, a consignment of this. Well, in Jesus' prayer for his disciples in John chapter 17, Jesus was also praying about their need of protection. Now, of course, it was a different kind of protection they needed from a different kind of danger. But it was absolutely crucial for these disciples that they would get this protection. And it's just as crucial for each of us. Okay, Catherine, would you like to read our passage? John chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. Thank you. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So last week, we started to look at this section of Jesus' prayer. We saw that Jesus was certain that because of the disciples' faith in him, they belonged to the Father, they'd been given to the Son, and they'd been kept safe by him. And so despite all of their faults and their failings, they had brought glory to him. And we were reminded that if we have believed in Jesus, then we can be certain that we are safe and secure in our relationship with God, because we can rest. In his sovereign grace. But our need of security goes, is not just about our eternal destiny. We don't just need a guarantee of heaven. We also need help in our everyday lives. That's what Jesus was concerned about for these disciples. He knew that he was leaving them. He says in verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, 
but they are still in the world. He was no longer going to be physically there for them. They'd have to cope without his physical and visible presence. But he wasn't just leaving them in the world. He was also sending them into the world. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus had been sent by his Father on to this world on a mission to save sinners. He alone paid that price for our sin on the cross when he sacrificed himself. In, in 1 Peter 3 and 18, Peter writes, Christ died for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This sacrifice will never be repeated. No other payment is required. Through his death, Jesus did everything that's needed in order to bring us to God. But this message needs to go out into the world. People need to hear what Jesus has accomplished. Because it's their only hope for salvation. And this is what the disciples were commissioned to do. They were his witnesses. They were his ambassadors. They were the ones who were going to take this good news and share it with the world. And you and I, if we trusted in Jesus, then we have been called to do exactly the same. We are called to go and make disciples of all nations. And even in this time of lockdown, with all the limitations that we have, with all of the restrictions that we're living under, we are still called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're still called to share the amazing news of Jesus. But for the disciples, this wasn't going to be easy. This was a dangerous mission. And so Jesus prayed for them. He didn't pray for them to be isolated from the world. Verse 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Their mission was far too important for them to retreat from the world. But their mission was also far too important for them to be defeated by the world. And so Jesus prayed for their protection. Verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. God's name is his revealed character. It's basically just who God is. So what these disciples needed wasn't protection from kind of a military force or a physical power or financial back, a back, backing. Rather, they needed God and the protection that he alone could give them to help them to live for him. And you and I need that too. We need to be in this world so we can share the gospel. We must not retreat from it. We must not hide from this world. In, in that sense, we're the world's only hope. Because they need to hear about Jesus from us. But we are not strong enough to cope with all of the struggles and all of the pressures on our own. 
We can't fulfill our mission in our strength or our resources. And so we need protection. We need the protection that only God can provide. So that we can stand strong and we can live out this calling in our lives. And it's that protection I want to think about this morning. So we need protection that only God can provide. But what specifically do we need protection from? What are the dangers that threaten our discipleship and our mission? Well, Jesus prayed about four here. And we're just going to look at these four dangers. So the first of these was division. Jesus prayed for our protection so that they may be one as we are one. Division is dangerous for us as Christians. That's because unity is so vitally important. This is how we grow in our Christian lives. The church grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. None of us have all of the gifts and all of the understanding that we need. Instead, we need to be connected to each other so we can help each other to grow and to build up in love. It's also how we recover after stumbling. Mountaineers, they often rope themselves together so that if one slips and falls, then the others can hold on to him or her until they regain their footing. And as believers, we too, excuse me, we too are united together so that if one of us stumble, the others can step in to encourage and restore. Ecclesiastes says, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Unity, thirdly, is also an essential part of our witness. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And we'll see more and more about this next week when Jesus goes on to describe that in his prayer. And then fourthly, it's also about how we glorify God. This is what Paul writes in Romans 15. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So division is dangerous. When we detach, when we isolate from each other, it stunts our growth, it limits our recovery, it darkens our witness, and it diminishes our praise. But the problem is, unity is difficult. Division comes so naturally to each of us. James asks in his letter, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? They just come from who we are inside, our desires and our our wants inside. That causes all the fights and the quarrels. The early church, they faced division as a result of personal ambition, as a result of ethnic tension, differences of opinion, false teachers, 
favourite leaders, and the list just went on. Unity does not come naturally. But that's why Jesus here prayed for supernatural unity. One that reflected his relationship with his Father. Throughout this Gospel, in fact, we've seen that perfect unity between Father and Son. So, Jesus was united to his Father in his actions. John 5, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Also in his words. John 14, the words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Also in his judgment. John 8, if I judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. And of course, in his mission of of saving all who would put their faith in him. John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. In fact, this unity was so complete that Jesus could say, I and the Father are one. This did not mean that the Father and the Son are the same person. But rather he was in absolute unity with the Father in spirit and in purpose and will. And so Jesus prayed, that his disciples would similarly be united. Not that they would all have the same roles, or they'd all just be the same. Each of them had very different characters and personalities, different gifts and different roles. But that in their diversity, they would reflect this relationship, his relationship with his father. By As Paul puts it, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And this is possible. Because if we have trusted in Jesus as our Saviour and Lord, then we've not only come into relationship with God, we've also come into relationship with each other. So Paul in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So God protects us from the danger of division by calling us simply to live out The unity that Jesus has already created between us. He has united us with himself and with each other so that we can live as one, as he is one with his Father. So the first danger that we need protection from is the division. But the second one is despair. Verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Jesus knew that he was leaving these disciples in a really difficult situation. Because of their faith in him, they belonged to him. 
That was an amazing privilege and honour. As we thought about last week, it was an amazing gift of God's sovereign grace. However, this also meant that they did not belong to this world. Their home was now with Christ. Their citizenship is in heaven. So they no longer fitted into this world system that's in rebellion against God. And so the world around them would hate them. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 19. You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Because of their faith in Jesus, these disciples would face opposition, condemnation and violent persecution. Some of them would lose their property and their livelihoods. Many of them would be thrown into prison where they would be tortured. Others would lose their loved ones or even their own lives. And in the face of all of this, distress, discouragement, And despair would only have been natural. How could they keep on going without losing hope? Without feeling just like giving giving up, packing it all in? Now thankfully, very few of us are going to to face that level of persecution. And yet many of us do know this battle with despair. Whether it comes from our physical suffering, or our mental suffering, or or from broken relationships, or from disappointments, or rejection, or even because of a lockdown in the middle of a pandemic, we will at times be able to relate to Paul when he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Despair is something that many of us will need to battle with. And so Jesus prayed for God's protection for his disciples. He prayed, verse 13, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. These disciples would be protected from despair, not through a promise of comfort and ease in this life. Not through avoiding all of these problems or all of this suffering. But with the reality of the joy of the risen Lord in their hearts. Through his sacrificial death and his glorious resurrection, he would fill them with joy. The joy of knowing that they've been forgiven. They've been declared righteous in God's sight. They've been adopted into God's family. They've been empowered and equipped with God's spirit. They've been given a home in God's house. So this is not a superficial happiness because everything is going great. Rather it's a deep abiding joy that no matter what happens it cannot be destroyed. As Jesus said in John 16, no one will be able to take away your joy. This is the joy that enabled these disciples to overcome all of this opposition and persecution in the world and to keep on going. 
It was the, the joy that helped them even after they were flogged by the Sanhedrin. They left rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. It was the joy that helped them to keep on going, that protected their hearts from despair. And this is what will protect our hearts and enable us to keep on going in our lives. Help us to keep on going through all of the struggles and the difficulties that each of us will face. Even as we mourn, even as we grieve, even as we cry out to God in pain, we can rejoice in Jesus, in all that he is, and in all that he has done, and is doing, and will do in our lives. As Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So Jesus asked his father to protect his disciples from division and despair. Sorry, I think we have one. Just had a, a microphone on. So Jesus asked his father to protect his disciples from division and despair. But thirdly, Jesus also asked for their protection from defilement. He said, sanctify them by the truth. Now, to be sanctified means to be made holy. To be set apart from this world. To be pure and to be blameless and to be focused on serving God. And in a sense, these disciples were sanctified when Jesus called them. Because it says they left everything and followed him. And and during his three years of public ministry, Jesus helped them to remain separate from the world and to live with that focus on serving God and pleasing him. But now Jesus was going to the cross. To truly sanctify them. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus set himself apart, dedicated himself to complete the work on the cross that his father had given him to do. And his purpose in doing this was to make them holy. Through his death, he would pay that ultimate price, the price in full of their sins, so that they could be forgiven, so that they could be washed clean, so they could be welcomed by the Father into his presence. And if we have trusted in Jesus this morning, then this has already happened in our lives too. We have been made holy Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus' sacrifice is complete. His work is done. We have been made holy. We have been set apart from sin and its eternal consequences. Now we belong to God. Now we are his holy people. His holy nation. But if we are going to fulfill God's calling on our lives, if we are going to honour him and glorify him and declare his name to this dying world, then we need to increasingly 
live out this reality in our everyday lives. We have been made holy. Now we need to be holy in all you do, as Peter writes in 1 Peter 1. So we are called to be separate from this world, to be consecrated to God, to be committed to following his commands. That's not because we're afraid of condemnation or punishment or getting pushed into God's family. Jesus has dealt with this once and for all. But it's because we love God and we want to live for him in a way that reflects his character and honours him. So we need to be in this world, but we need to be protected from its corrupting influence. We need to stand against its value system, its lifestyle, its ambition, its wrong ideas and philosophies, its immorality and idolatry, its false goals and its false gods. We need to stand against all of that, even as we live in this world, connected to people and sharing the gospel. How can we do that? Well, that protection comes from God's word. Look at verse 17 again. Jesus prayed, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. It is as we read the Bible, as we study it, as we discuss it, as we let it sink into our hearts by this Holy Spirit, as we let it renew our minds and change our attitudes and our actions, then we'll be increasingly able to be transformed, to become less and less like this world and more and more like Jesus. But of course this isn't a smooth process. This is a battle. And this is not just because of our sinful nature or the influence of our friends or our family or media. It's also because we have a personal enemy. This is the, the last, uh, last thing we need to be protected from that Jesus prays about here. We need the protection from the devil. Jesus prayed to his father that you be, that you protect them from the evil one. Now, of course, Satan is a defeated enemy. Jesus has won for us the ultimate victory over Satan on the cross. This is what Paul said about Jesus in Colossians chapter 2. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross was a victory over Satan. And all the forces of evil. So Satan is a defeated enemy. The devil, even the devil can't separate us from God's love. He can't pluck us out of Jesus' hand. But the devil is a very real enemy in our lives. His power is formidable. His hatred of us is fierce. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
his purpose is to do everything he can to stop God's people, to stop us from living out the life that Jesus has called us to, has won for us on the cross. And so today, we are in this battle, whether we want to or not, we're in this battle. So we need God's protection. We need to put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Each day, we need to live in his truth, in God's truth. We need to depend on God's righteousness as a breastplate. We need to share the gospel, walk in this good news daily. We need to focus on our salvation that God has given to us as a helmet protecting our minds. We need to fight with his word, the sword of the spirit, and we need to take refuge behind that shield, that shield of faith that he can alone give us. And the good news is that as we do this, we can stand against the devil. We can stand even in this, this difficult and dangerous world. So folks, today, we are living in, a da- in dangerous times. If we depend on ourselves and our own resources and our own strength, we are fragile and vulnerable. But we can stand strong. And live out God's calling on our lives. If we pray for his protection, we can trust that God will protect us from all of these dangers. He will protect us from division as we express our unity in Christ. He will protect us from despair as our hearts are filled with the joy of Christ. He will protect us from defilement as we are sanctified by the truth of Christ. And he will protect us from the devil as we live in the victory of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we realise, we realise, especially in this kind of time, Lord, in this time of this pandemic, in this time of social distancing, of isolation, of, of, of staying at home and, and all of those challenges that we're all facing, Lord, we realise in this time just how fragile we are. Lord, we cannot do this on our own. We cannot stand against all of these dangers and all of these enemies in our own strength and our own resources, Lord. Lord, teach us our own uh, fragility. Teach us our own vulnerability. Teach us, Lord, to be humble and to be honest and to be real about our limitations and our weaknesses. But not, not, Lord, so that we, we feel afraid. Not so that we cower away. Not so that we retreat from this world. But so that we can live in this world. So that we can serve you in this world. So that we can share the gospel in this world with confidence. Because we are relying on the protection that you alone can give. 
Lord, protect us from division. Help us to be united together, Lord. Help us even at this time of oh, when we can't meet up together. Lord, help us to make that extra effort to express that unity. Help us to contact each other. Help us to phone. Help us to, to, to Zoom each other. Help us to, to get, in, get in touch with each other so that we can support and encourage each other. And bind us together in unity, Lord. Lord, help us to, be, to protect us from despair. Lord, I know these are difficult times, but Lord, thank you that you are in them and that you are in control and that you are looking after us and yet you are working for good in them. And Lord, that that the reality of who Jesus is and what he has given us is still true today, no matter what happens. Help us to rejoice in Jesus today, even in the difficult times, even when we're sad or sorrowful. Lord, protect us from the influence of this world. Lord, it's all around us. The attitudes and the thoughts and the value system and the goals and the false gods. Lord, protect our hearts from that. Sanctify us by your truth, Lord. Help us to get into your word and let it speak into our hearts and help us to be the people you call us to be. And I pray, Lord, you you protect us from the evil one. Protect us from the devil, Lord. Thank you that he is a defeated foe. So, Lord, we just pray you'd help us to stand against his schemes by putting on the armour that you provide. Lord, thank you that you, you haven't left us in this world on our own, on our own devices. But thank you for this promise of your protection. Help us to rely upon it so that we can stand for you and that we can fulfil your calling on us, the mission you've given to us so that we might be sent into this world as the Father sent Jesus into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.